0: Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites hard anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. Thank you for once again returning to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I'm your shopkeeper Chris Baker and today We're going to take a look at something a little different. I think you're going to like this one as we pull this off the shelf. It's a kabuto, a samurai helmet, if you will. It's quite ancient and it is quite, well, it's got some markings on it. Uh, These Japanese symbols roughly translate to tactic and strategy, otherwise known as senjutsu. And that is the title of the latest album from Iron Maiden and our subject of today's episode. So let's pull out the phonograph and take a listen to Iron Maiden Senjutsu. senjutsu is the 17th album from the british heavy metal band iron maiden it was released earlier this month and uh, probably the longest gap they've taken in between uh, putting out albums and uh, i believe it's uh, what it's been like six years Uh, Book of Souls came out in 2015. So, yeah, six years uh, since their last album and uh, much anticipated. Uh, Really looking forward to this one. And uh, it did not disappoint in my mind. I've been a Maiden fan for quite some time. I remember uh, listening to Iron Maiden as a kid. I would go over to my cousin's house and he'd, uh, you know, throw on some of his old Maiden uh, albums, uh, Power Slave, things like that. I remember listening to the live after death, uh, live album with him. And when they did rhyme of the ancient Mariner, uh, Bruce Dickinson kicked it off with, uh, something to the effect of, uh, this is what not to do when a bird shits on you rhyme of the ancient Mariner. And just, uh, just the power. And of course that, you know, talking about a bird shitting on somebody, uh, made me laugh uh, as a kid. So, uh, I enjoyed that as well, but, uh, Iron Maiden, just one of those bands that has been uh, so had such a consistent sound for so many years. I mean, from from the time uh, Bruce Dickinson joined the band to uh, when he left the band, you know, you listen to an Iron Maiden album. It wasn't necessarily the same album every time, but you heard an Iron Maiden song and you knew it was an Iron Maiden song. Uh, it wasn't until Bruce Dickinson uh, left uh that you know they brought in blaze bailey and it, it was the same but uh, you know blaze bailey's a, a a fine singer and i really like some of the stuff off like the uh, x factor album but it just wasn't the same without bruce dickinson bruce dickinson has that range uh that just cannot be replicated uh he has that uh, tone of voice that just cannot be replicated properly and uh but, you know, Bruce Dickinson got back into the band and their their sound remained the same. Uh, you know, it's you hear Iron Maiden, but uh, really when they when they kind of got Bruce Dickinson back and uh, what was that? The uh, Brave New World album, I believe, was the first album with him back in the band. Uh, it, it was classic Iron Maiden. I mean, you had Bruce Dickinson on vocals. It couldn't help but sound like classic Iron Maiden. But that's kind of, it, it felt like when they kind of started to, to branch out and do more things and really grow as a band. And they've been doing that ever since. And I think this album pretty much uh, an example of the pinnacle of Iron Maiden growing as a band. Now, granted, I'm sure we've got plenty more uh, great Iron Maiden albums to come in the future. And I expect them to grow with each album. They're one of those bands that that do that. But uh, this one, uh, you know, it, it doesn't get more eclectic. Uh, It doesn't get more classic, and it doesn't get more uh, experimental than this album, Senjutsu, uh, with Iron Maiden right here. And we're going to talk about uh, all these albums, or actually... We're going to talk about all these songs on this album i uh, you know i i'd love to be able to sit there and play it for you but copyright issues and i don't want to have to deal with uh you know having to explain to the powers that be that uh, i am just a, a poor lowly uh, review show and uh and that creative or, uh, you know uh, fair use still applies to me. I've, I've had to fight that battle with uh, other platforms. So we're just going to talk about the album. And I encourage you to check it out. If you listen to this on Spotify, you have no excuse but to go check out the album after you get done listening to the podcast, of course, in its entirety. But uh, I really love this album. And my God, my God, uh, did they spend some time on this album. I mean, this is... Uh, we're looking at about forty or uh, eighty like roughly eighty two minutes worth of uh music here. um a lot of long songs on this and and this is probably. Um, one of Iron Maiden's more progressive albums. And you don't, you know, when you think of great progressive bands, you, you think of bands like Rush, you think of bands like Dream Theater, you think of bands like Yes, and and, and so on and so forth. You think of, there's a lot of great progressive bands out there. Uh, Queensryche, if you're getting into the 80s metal, they were a very progressive band. Uh, you don't really think of Iron Maiden being progressive, uh, but they really kind of lean to that and, and, with length of song and the variation movements musically throughout the song and they they were at the top of their progressive game on this album a lot of long songs uh you know we've got an eight minute song a nine minute song seven a couple seven minute songs uh the last three songs on the album are 10 minutes 12 minutes and 11 minutes so uh you got a lot of real estate to play with as far as music goes with this album and uh like i said you know uh, iron maiden uh very much known for for different musical movements on their long songs and and this was uh you know like i said top form for these guys on this album as far as uh, you know kind of the pro- the progressive feel uh so you know it kicks off with uh, the title track senjutsu and i i really like how this Album starts off because it kind of has this war march feel to it. Um, and and Bruce Dickinson, uh, vocally was uh quite on his game. I mean, it, it starts out with this very you know war march sound and then it gets in the chorus. Uh, the, this line or rally round to the call, uh, we can hear far away. Are the sounds of distant drums and just the uh, the harmony and the melody that he had going on there Uh, Bruce Dickinson uh, that's that's one of the things he brings to the table not just his soaring vocals but he brings great harmonies uh, to the table with him on vocals, and I really like this song. Uh, again, this was probably one of the longer songs at eight minutes, clocking in at eight minutes and twenty seconds. But uh, I, I you know, I'm trying to to poke and pry and dig and see what the song's about. You know, read the lyrics and things like that. It, it kind of has a feel. You know, there's. Uh, lines where it talks about uh the great wall it kind of brings up images of the great wall of china and chinese soldiers uh you know taking on uh, defending the wall against the advancing mongrel hordes that sort of thing and that's another thing maiden is known for uh using literature and using history to create these epic songs and uh there Again, this is a theme you're going to find throughout this album is that they do play a lot off of history, uh, a lot of uh, religious and spiritual imagery as well is another thing they really draw a lot on for, for lyrics. Uh, Steve Harris uh, being probably the primary writer uh, for the band's but you got a lot of, uh, you know, other guys, right? You know, Bruce Dickinson had his hand in a few songs. Uh, Yannick Gers uh, had his hand in a couple songs. Uh, Adrian Smith as well uh, helped uh, create a couple songs, including this uh, this title track, Senjutsu, and uh, a really cool song, great song uh, to be the title track and to kick off the, uh, the album. Uh, it goes into the second track, uh, Stratego, which uh, really uh had a really cool driving beat uh i i really like this it, this almost sounded like a song that could have been off the x factor album from back uh in the mid 90s uh only with you know bruce dickinson on vocals as opposed to blaze bailey and, and you really with bruce dickinson you get that range this is a this feels like what x factor could have sounded like if bruce dickinson had done that album uh and it kind of it kind of elicits imagery of soldiers being called to join the army to fight uh, tyranny, and then it kind of goes into the effects of war. It feels uh, there's a lot of musical movement in this one for for being a short song. I mean, this is uh, probably one of the shorter, one of the two shortest songs on the album, uh, clocking in about uh, four minutes fifty nine seconds. Uh, but a very cool song, probably, uh, it, you know i i it's hard to put my finger on what are my favorite songs but i really like this one uh i can't say it's my favorite but it has to be one of my favorites um they have a new video out which we posted on odds Bodkin's uh facebook fan page for the next song uh, track number three called the writing on the wall they did this really cool animated video uh it was kind of done in conjunction with a couple former people in Pixar, a couple executives, and they kind of got uh, the, uh, the resources around to do this very cool uh, animated video. It kind of felt like the old heavy metal uh, animated movies. Uh, Heavy Metal 1, Heavy Metal 2, back in, back in the, uh, what was that, early 80s, I think that that first came out, but uh, it had that vibe, had a very post-apocalyptic vibe to it, and you really kind of get that in the song, the song really starts out with this acoustic, uh, haunted beginning, uh, it almost sounds even a little country, but uh, I was reading an article, Bruce Dickinson talking about uh, this and, and some of the guys from the band talking about this song, and they said it's, it's not so much country, it's more of uh, folk music, you know... Uh, english folk music which you know when when they came across the pond to uh colonize the united states that sort of music came with us and that's kind of where we got our folk music music from the appalachians and and bluegrass which kind of turned into country so it while it sounds country it really is rooted in uh in folk music uh but it does kind of fan that country feel to it uh, for for brief seconds. But it's got a great mid tempo beat. Uh, I you know I, I can't say what the. Uh what the song is about uh with 100 accuracy bruce dickinson has, has talked about this uh has done several interviews about how uh people are saying it means this uh he talks about people you know uh, people on the right say it's about people on the left people on the left say it's about people on the right uh christians say it's about the end times and and all this and and he kind of uh, talked about how it is the world and all these false ideas and how the internet just kind of feeds it and um, And that you know, I, I, I can't disagree with him, but you you listen to the song you listen to the lyrics uh, I think he's maybe more talking about the video and the song it, it almost feels like the rise and maybe the fall of a nation uh, You know a rise to power and then losing that power you know a, a rise to greatness and then you squander that and and then then greatness is gone and the writers that this uh this song talks about throughout the throughout the song uh you know it, it kind of touches on that in the video you got these four you know uh you know, wraith like creatures on on motorcycles and they all, all the faces are different iterations of their mascot eddie and is it the four horsemen of the apocalypse that uh, they're talking about uh, i i kind of tend to i buy that uh you know i think and it makes for great imagery in uh, in any song so uh probably one of my favorite songs on the album is writing on the wall, and like I said, uh, badass video. Uh, check it out uh, on the uh, Odds Bodkins uh, fan page on Facebook, or just go to YouTube and, and look it up yourself. Uh, coming in next on the uh, track list, track number four is "Lost in a Lost World," and uh, this is this is a song. It really starts off slow and haunting with the guitars and the vocals, uh, kind of elicits this feel of a loss of, uh, of a person, uh, loss of a people, loss of a nation, um, losing oneself. Uh, and then the, the, then the tempo, tempo picks up and the, the picture comes a little more clear. Uh, I really believe this is, is talking about, uh, Native Americans and, uh, all that they had and, and all that they lost and, not only the loss of the tribes and the land and the sacred land and the Buffalo and the Eagle in the sky, uh, yeah, you know, the loss of identity, uh, the loss of, uh, of a feeling of oneself, uh, talks about revisit stolen youth and, and holy ground, sacred earth, uh, now revisit stolen youth. It just, uh, it conjures up a lot of, uh, of imagery of you know what our Native Americans went through as uh, nations and, and as people and as a race and uh, and and what a lot of them are still going through today uh, you know it's, it's sad how how some Native American uh, tribes are, are treated and just kind of uh, pushed off to some plot of land somewhere and forgotten about uh, on these reservations so it it really is a song that that really makes you think uh really makes you talk, take stock in and what has happened to certain people in in our nation and and this coming from a bunch of brits so you know if they see it you know we should probably take a take a look at uh, how things are here in the united states but uh coming up on the next song Next track is "Days of Future Past," and of course, uh, as a comic book fan, I saw "Days of Future Past," and I'm thinking X-Men. I'm like, "Oh, cool! They uh, they did a uh, a song based off an X-Men comic series." But uh, no, it's not not so much that. <clears throat> uh, Bruce Dickinson uh, came out and, and talked about what this is about, and I'll get to that briefly. But just my thoughts on it. Uh, you know, it's it's very up tempo. Uh, it's a good rocker. Um there's a lot of religious imagery um to this one. Uh but Bruce Dickinson uh told Apple Music he says uh, the lyrics eh, the lyric is a reimagining of the graphic novel Constantine uh which you know with all the religious and spiritual imagery throughout the song it made a lot of sense once I read that. I uh, said in particular the version with Keanu Reeves uh not I don't, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there are some people that aren't happy with that version, but to each his own. Uh, he said, it's kind of interesting setup uh, because there's always an assumption that God is the good guy. Uh, Bruce Dickinson goes on to say, in this scenario, God seems to be a manipulative narcissist. Uh, he says, almost like a, a psychopath. He goes on to say, I'm going to do all, <clears throat> he's you know speaking as if he's God. That comes out horrible sounding, but uh, you know what I'm saying. He says, uh, I'm going to do all this horrible stuff to you, and then you have to love me. How does that work? Uh, That's what the song asks And 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 that is, you know, that's, uh, I think, the thing that uh, a a lot of people of of faith uh, struggle with is that uh, how God could let uh, things, uh, cruel things happen in this world. But we're still still supposed to love him and still supposed to have faith. And I think that's a that's a question that a lot of people wrestle with. Uh, People of faith, people formerly of faith and uh and it's a really cool song to to ask that question to make one take stock in in what they believe what their faith is and and i really enjoyed that song again uh probably one of my my more favorite songs of the album uh up next on the album is a song that uh uh it's a it's a head scratcher it's it's another long one not the longest i mean it's it comes in about seven minutes and nine seconds it's uh yeah, you know, certainly not the longest song on the album, but uh, definitely one of the more interesting. The book is called, or the well, uh, the uh, song is called "The Time Machine," and uh, probably one of the more progressive songs. A lot of tempo changes, uh, again, a lot of spiritual imagery, um, it, and it really uh, kind of goes in. You know, it at the uh, one point in the song, it. Uh, It's doing a lot of different things. Like I said, a lot of different musical movements. But then you kind of, towards the end, I believe it is, you really get into that classic uh, Steve Harris galloping bass line, which uh, they don't overdo on this album. But there are some songs and some parts of songs where they kick into that and you're like, there it is. That's, That's the Iron Maiden that I know and love. And I think it's such a smart thing because these guys, you know, obviously are growing as musicians, as songwriters, uh, even having done this for, for so long, they're still, uh, you know, pushing the boundaries of, of what they do. And, and I respect the hell out of that, but then to be cognizant enough to say, you know, what? We're doing new things, but sometimes we got to we got to throw the classic fans a bone and give them something that they like. OK, yeah, that's there. There's Iron Maiden. Uh, that's that's my old friend that I've missed for for the past six years since their last album. And uh, very smart and uh, very enjoyable Uh hearing those little little nods to that classic Iron Maiden sound. Uh, next on the album is a song called Darkest Hour. And there again, another one of my favorites because this song, uh, the guitar work at the beginning is just beautiful. Uh, the work of guys like uh, Dave Murray and uh, Adrian Smith and Yannick Gers uh, is just, you know, it's on par with some of their best in this entire album. Uh the beginning of this is beautiful. There's a there's a a bit coming up in the next song that just blew my mind. It was so good, but uh we'll talk about that when it comes, but this really the guitar work in the at the beginning is uh fantastic and, and so beautiful. And the song really uh it, it's a great juxtaposition. Uh you have this beautiful beginning, but then you get into this this song that's about obviously the horrors of war and it just the lyrics in this uh, are so powerful. There's a line that I love in this song that goes, uh, I watch the sun move away as I embrace the night and my black dog has its day for six long years. You shall not pass. Barbarians at the gates, we will overcome. And that speaks to what this song is about. Uh, Bruce Dickinson was talking about how this was uh, an attempt to get inside the head of Winston Churchill uh, during the Second World War. Uh, He suffered from a lot of depression and uh, uh, Bruce Dickinson says he's, he was obviously a genius uh, was also a flawed man in many ways. He was an alcoholic, a depressive. He used to suffer from what he called uh, from what he would term his black dog that would follow him around, which is alluded to in that line. Uh, He goes on to say, uh, which was kind of represented his way of saying depression uh dickinson also added uh the beaches at the beginning of the of the song and you hear the seagulls and the ocean crashing at the beginning of this song which uh maiden has done a lot with uh, some of their more epic more history driven songs as they've used as the sound effects to great effect um but uh, those are the beaches of dunkirk that it's supposed to represent uh and the retreat uh where britain basically had to run away Uh, he goes on to say and then the song finishes with the blood running red again uh this time on the beaches of d-day where we came back and uh end quote if you will and uh, like i said such a powerful song any any song any movie about world war ii uh always has some uh, level of gravitas to it uh, just because the stakes were so high you had this madman Hitler and his Axis powers and you know just running roughshod over Europe and killing so many so many people not to mention uh, the Jews uh, during the Holocaust and you know people were uh, nations were uh, loath to stop him I mean they they just you know uh britain was doing their best you know france was under attack you had so many uh nations that were already conquered uh and then you know united states entered the fray and and the uh, allied powers kind of uh got their stuff together and put forth an offensive attack to to stop this evil and uh you know world war ii is such a uh, you know they call it the greatest generation for uh, a, a reason because, uh, you know, the, those kids that, that went off to war, uh, off to impending doom, Any anyone that sends their their kids off to war, uh, those kids are, are a great na- great generation to me. But, uh, but especially in times like that, uh, where the stakes were so high, you know, uh, it, it's always impressive. And it's always, like I said, it's always going to lend some uh, ounce of gravitas. And Iron Maiden really did... That generation and the fight to vanquish evil, a great uh, justice with this song, Darkest Hour. And uh, did a great, you know, uh, service to uh, Winston Churchill, who, who was leading Britain at the time. And uh, fantastic song. Uh, I would have to say uh, one of, if not my favorite song on the album top three at at the very least uh coming up next on the album it's called death of the celts and this one of the last three songs and like i said the last three on this album are long ones you might as well uh, grab yourself a drink grab yourself a snack and uh sit back and enjoy because this really is a great song. It opens with an acoustic uh guitar and they used a lot of acoustic guitar on this whole album. I don't remember Maiden. I mean Maiden, of course, is a metal band, so uh of course they've they've always got electric, but I don't remember them using uh the acoustic guitar this much on other albums. Uh maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not remembering some of the, the newer albums uh you know from the past uh 10-15 years but uh but i don't remember him using so much acoustic guitar but uh, but they use it on this album to great effect you know like i said this is a very progressive album uh songs you know these progressive some of these more progressive songs like this one uh you know rely on movement of music and tempo and, and style. And, uh, and that really helps in that regard when you've got a heavy rocker to, to throw in some acoustic very much, uh, kind of breaks up the monotony. You can break up the tempo with that. And, uh, they do that, uh, very well in this song. Uh, it's, you know, uh, it starts out with kind of a Celtic beat and, uh, it, it kind of feels like a song that one would sing before going off to war. And then, uh, as, as it progresses, you, you feel the the sense of war and then the sense of uh, dying uh, because of war. And there is a, a long guitar solo. I'm not sure how long this guitar solo is, but everybody, everybody into the pool on that one. And, you know, all the great guitar work from, like I said, Adrian Smith and Dave Murray and and Yannick Gers, uh, the, it all comes to bear Uh, in the guitar solo and the movements in the midst of this song because they just bring it and it's uh, it's great it's the you know it's there's some heavy celtic influence in there there's there's one one uh place where it almost sounds like i'm expecting to see uh the mascot for iron maiden eddie uh river dancing it's so celtic and but it just it, it works for this song and and it doesn't It doesn't sit long on that. Uh, Then it goes into another movement where it's you know back to rocking, and it just it's it's a very good song. Uh, And like I said, the guitarist Murray Smithingers uh, on their game. For this song it was just a a fantastic song an interesting song uh again uh very progressive but very much i mean i could see uh this being whittled down horribly uh to a a radio edit uh i would hate to see that happen because you would definitely lose uh that huge guitar solo in the middle where where all three guys are are putting out something but uh, a fantastic song uh, death of Ke- death of the Celts. Uh, i really like that one uh coming up next on the uh on the list uh, i believe it's track number nine is the parchment uh again another long progressive uh, it's probably the longest song on the album at 12 minutes 39 seconds it kind of uh it starts out acoustic uh it, it almost feels like a marching song a little bit of a middle eastern flair to it uh, kind of at the beginning and then the electric kicks in. Uh but it still has that kind of same marchy quasi Middle Eastern feel to it. Uh, but this is a applauding mid-tempo rocker. I mean, it just it's it's got a beat, you know, it's it's a driving, uh, not an up-tempo driving, but just a uh just a, a pump your fist in the air sort of uh song. And, and it does uh, continue with the theme. There's a lot of talk of war. And uh, this one really brings about vengeance, uh, images of vengeance and wrath and tyranny and war. And uh, it, it kind of plays off that same theme that we've had throughout the, uh, out the album. This is a very, you know, it's a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, every song is kind of in sync with the other songs. Uh, it's a very cohesive album. I mean, you, there's no song that sticks out like a whore in a church. Uh, every song, they all feel like they go together. And I know in, in recent past, Maiden has had some some critiques about that. Uh, but you can't say that on this album because this album really does, uh, every song feels like it fits. Like it's like, it's almost like a, a conceptual album. It feels like it should be telling like a, a story. Uh, it's not every song is, you know, is, uh, its own thing. But, uh, if they wanted to that, I mean, they could have done that in and this could have easily been a, a concept album, uh, if you will. And then the album wraps up with a song called "Hell on Earth." And this one, I, I, at first listen, uh, wasn't my favorite song. But it had been so long, you know. The first time I listened to this, I was like, "Oh, I was, I was, uh, I was at work and kind of listening as I was, you know, doing my day job." And uh, by the time you get to to this part in the album. You're about seventy plus minutes in, uh, and this is another eleven minute song, eleven minute nineteen second song. As I've gone back and listened to it again, uh, this is a fantastic song. I really like the message of it. Uh, it's it starts out with slow bu- gu- guitars in the min- in the beginning uh, for about two minutes. I mean, there's a long song, so you get to have a two minute intro. But then again, it, it hits into that classic Iron Maiden galloping rocker you've got steve harris just you know, da, 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 you know that galloping bass line that he's so known for and uh, i i thought that was a great way to wrap up the album i mean you got tastes of that uh throughout the album on different songs but to, to end the album with that classic signature iron maiden bass line sound and uh, it really talks a lot about the the state of the world we're in uh the state of our nation, if you will. you know it talks about uh, armed children uh, fighting in God's name, praying on the weak, vanity it, it covers uh, a lot of different uh, territory as to all the things that just are seem to be going wrong in the world today things we're allowing to go wrong in, in the world today. Uh, one of my favorite lines of the song, it goes, uh, Encounter blessings still alive uh, of those who manage to survive inside oblivion of that hell on earth. And, and it really spoke to me about how, you know, uh, uh, this is a very nihilistic song. It talks about all the, the shit going on in the world today and how horrible things are. But, uh, you know, uh, to count your blessings, if you if we do happen to make it through all this uh, horrible crap and fighting uh, amongst each other if we happen to make it through that alive and manage to survive uh inside of that that hell on earth and then, then we should count our blessings and and then the song kind of ends with uh, some lines that uh that I, I I don't know as if I'd call it hopeful um it's it, it's still kind of bleak but uh, but I like them all the same it goes I wish I could go back we'll never be the same again. Bled for all of this upon this, blood for all upon this hell on earth, and when I leave this world, I hope to see you all again on the other side of hell on earth. Upon the eyes of good, I'm following the light again in between the dark of hell on earth. On the other side, I'll see again heaven so far away from this hell on earth. And that kind of, I don't know if they intended it to mean this, but uh, but that's kind of how I took it. Is how many how many people have bled and died. Uh, you know, we could look at this on a on a macro level of the the world, but but especially here in the United States of America, how many how many men and women have bled and died for everything we enjoy, everything we love, freedom, comfort, uh, this this nation that uh, that allows us so much opportunity. How many how many people have died uh, for us to have this to have this gift, and then. All we do is bitch and moan about each other because we may have difference of opinions, and we sit there and demonize each other and fight and backstab and act horrible to one another because you know somebody may have a different opinion of you, or somebody may have more money than you, or less money than you, or somebody may look different than you. Uh, it, it's a slap in the face. To, to anyone who's ever, like I said, bled and died for this country, for us to be so petty and so horrible for, to one another uh, when we've been given this gift of this great nation. And uh, I don't know if that's what they're trying to say in this song, but that's kind of what I took from it. And that's the beauty of music is you know it. it they could write a song meaning one thing, but uh, the way you interpret it, the way you hear it, you may you may take something totally different away from it. And and I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, you know, if you're if you're gonna use that uh, interpretation to hurt somebody else, then yeah, that probably is a bad thing. <laughs> but uh, but if you you know if you gain something from it and grow from uh, whatever you take from the song, I think that's uh, ultimately what any songwriter uh, wants to hear. And the songwriters on this album, Iron Maiden, uh, fantastic job. I really did enjoy this album. This was, uh, I can't say a return to form uh, because like I said, this is, this is a different album for Iron Maiden, at least from what I felt. It, it was more progressive than most of the stuff. Things I've heard as of late. But still with that undertone of the classic Iron Maiden feel. And uh, and it rocked. I mean, there's there's not a bad song on the album. There are some that I think are better than others. But, uh, but definitely a, an album that you can listen to from start to finish and enjoy. Are there any song that is going to... Is there a song that's going to be the next uh, The Trooper? Or Can I Play With Madness? Or, you know... Or run to the hills. Uh, Probably not. Uh, But that's Classic Maiden. And those days have gone, and these guys have grown past, I think, uh, trying to put out a single, a hit single. Uh, Not that they, I think they ever really uh, cared about writing hit singles, but you know, you want to get known, Uh, you want to get recognized. So you had to do things to to, you know, get on the radio. And uh, and I think they're past that. Now they can just do what they want. And and that really shows in this album in the way they've grown, the way they've tried different uh, musical styles, uh, the way they've gone a bit more progressive and, uh, you know, doing these long opuses of, of different movements and, and trying different things. And uh, I think this song is a masterpiece uh, in that regard. And can't wait to, to hear more from Iron Maiden. Uh, one of those bands that I don't think they're planning on stopping anytime soon. And and one of the beautiful things about them is, for the most part, uh, not the original, original lineup, but the lineup that we have now, these guys have been together for for a very, very long time. I mean, uh, you got most of the original members, uh, you know, Bruce Dickinson and uh Nico mcbrain um uh, you know came along a, a little bit later uh janet Gers came in to the fold in the 90s but uh but this is you know pretty much still the classic lineup of of iron maiden and uh and that's that's something impressive in this day and age when when bands just can't seem to keep their uh, crap together and, uh, and long enough to, to put out an album. So uh, hats off uh, to Iron Maiden, uh, fantastic album, Senjutsu. Uh, pick it up now. Uh, go check it out on Spotify or wherever you download your music or wherever you stream your music uh, if you like metal. And uh, that's one of the things that uh, I've always loved about Iron Maiden is uh, you know they're a metal band that really kind of plays into uh the the horror uh the fantasy the sci-fi uh they've always been a band that drew inspiration from those sort of things and right their song as well as uh historical events and pieces of the literature and uh that's why i wanted to include um some music reviews on odds bykins yeah we're going to talk a lot about horror tv uh, films, fantasy, sci-fi, that sort of thing. I know I've been focusing a lot on horror right now, but there's a lot of horror out there to talk about, uh, books, TV, movies, and, and, and whatnot. But uh, but I do want to talk about music as well, especially metal. Uh, you know, I grew up born in the 70s, grew up through the 80s, and those were my formative years when it came to music. And uh, I gravitated towards metal uh, of that time. And there was no better time in history than the 70s and the 80s, uh, where bands were drawing a lot off of uh, horror and fantasy and sci-fi for, for lyric content. And uh, and we're going to talk a lot about that as these bands are still out there putting out great music. So uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, like I said, go check out uh, Iron Maiden Senjutsu And you can check out more on our Facebook page, uh, Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on Facebook, as we keep you updated on what we're doing. I'm always going out there combing the uh, interwebs, trying to find uh, interesting articles uh, to share with you, Uh, videos, like I said, the uh, video for Writings on the Wall from Iron Maiden shared that, Uh, we'll find some other cool stuff, Uh, especially as we get into Halloween, we're going to be talking about some scary music um some of my favorite uh, scary metal tunes so that's uh, a lot to look forward to and you can find out uh, the complete list of uh, schedule events and what we're going to be talking about on uh, the odds bodkins uh, curiosity shop facebook page and uh, like i said uh, some dates are subject to change this was supposed to be a bad candy review this uh, this episode but i had to flip flop things uh for, for various uh, scheduling reasons, but, uh, but that bad candy, uh, movie review will be coming up on Monday. So be listening for that and keep, keep, uh, check it out on the uh, Facebook fan page and, uh, please, uh, you know, give us a review, whether you're on, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple music or Apple, podcasts, uh, Google I don't know if you can leave, uh, star reviews on Spotify, but, uh, wherever you're listening and you can give us a a five-star review, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'll even take a one-star review. If you think I did a one-star quality show, then by all means, uh, leave a one-star review. But if you're feeling generous and want to give something a little better than a one-star, uh, we'd greatly appreciate that. So, uh, until next time.